But when they made that statement, what happened was that the man said, ah, you want land for sacrifice, take it free. You want animals, I give you free. David said, wait, I am the one giving sacrifice here. How come you are the one planning to pay? It's like you are in church. Somebody says, no, no, you shouldn't let the offering basket, basket pass you without anything. If you don't have, collect from your neighbor. It's a very funny joke because you didn't give an offering. Your neighbor gave. <laughs> you know, we pastors are very funny people. Well, just, just to collect more money. <laughs> I hope you are getting my point. Please, don't get me wrong. God appreciates your offerings. Are you getting my point? Please, he does. Let me just clarify that. He does. Paul talked about when they sent him gifts. Gifts of love, not gifts of soul. Seed. It was gifts of what? Love. love. Because they, he said, you have, pro, you have um, provoked your concern for me again. He said, that's because they concern out of the heart. He said, God, he said, it's a sweet-smelling sacrifice. Very important. But what am I going to say? A true Christian that's giving, all right? That's showing love for God in giving. He reads the scriptures and finds out what God said he should do with his money. Please read my book, How to Work for God and Grace to Prosper. I identified it there. There are different places you give to God, that is, you give to, and it is that you are giving to God. If you are giving to somebody in need, the Bible says they are honoring his maker. If you have relatives that are in need, it is your duty. The Bible says they are not supposed to go to church to keep for charity. You, a believer, who's connected to them by natural blood, it's your duty to make sure that you help them. It's the work of God. Please, I hope you are getting my point. It is not only what you bring to church. I am saying you do this thing properly and the church will not lack. And the church will not lack. The Lord is good. I hope I helped somebody. Now, that was not the message. I was trying to explain what it means to love God. When you love God, you do what? You obey. When you love your wife, there are things to do. We'll talk about it. When you love your husband, there is a how to love a husband. The hugs and the kisses and the honey and the sugar that you are calling him is inferior to some other things. If people are working for you, I'm talking about relationships. And let me say this again. Go and read our tract. It is God and I. In every relationship, it is not the person you are relating with. It is God you are relating with. The way I treat my wife is actually the God in her I'm treating like that. The way I treat my children is the God in them I'm treating like that. The way I treat people who follow me, who listen to me, who walk with me, is the God in them I'm treating like that. The way I lead to those above me, it is God in them, I'm treating like that. I hope you're getting my point here. It is very, very wrong. The other day in my office, one of my colleagues was telling the younger colleagues, said, make sure that when big people like the provost and the dean, they are doing things, you are always there. Like the other day now, maybe some people died and maybe will go, and we went, you know, stuff like that. So the younger one, make sure you are there. He now said, Listen, you, know, you never can tell. You know you are young in this career. These are the people that will approve your promotion tomorrow. These are the people that you need to sign your forms tomorrow. When he finished, I said, I have heard what you have said. I told the other people, I said, everything he has said, believe the first half. The second half, don't mind him. I said in his front, though. They are all my junior, anyway, all of them. 
the man talking and the one the people is advice. I said, listen, the first half, believe him. The second half, don't mind him. Or guys are doing something. I said, go, it's good to show honor. The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. That is the only word of God about that. Because you never can tell where you meet them tomorrow is the word of Satan. I hope you are getting my point. Because you can't tell where you meet them tomorrow is the word of Satan. If you think a man is worthy of honor, please show him honor. One of the ways I practice it is that if you are elderly and I meet you in places, I don't care how poor you look, I will give you the honor that is due your age. If the seats are few, I stand up for you. I don't know you. I don't know where I will meet you tomorrow. Is irrelevant. I hope you are getting my point. The Bible even says when you want to organize party, look for the people around your neighborhood, all the laborers, all the gatemen, who are not going to do party tomorrow. They say, unless you invite them, your party is not complete. That's what the Bible says. Please, listen. When we are relating, it is not the person we are relating with. It is God inside that person. It's not that person. It's not that person. It is the God inside the person. You are relating with a husband. It is the husband. It is the God inside him. You are relating with a wife. Is a God inside her. Listen, I was talking about love. The love. <laughs> if you own a company, people work for you. End of the month, time to pay salaries. Whether you go, whether you hug the person or kiss the person or not, is irrelevant. Pay salary. It's not. Oh, you go, you go. Oh, I love you. No, no. Give it, greet each other with the holy kiss. Mm, mm. So God has not paid us for three months. That, are you getting my point? He said, I was doing my child's name. Or God did not come. Or God is not your friend. Or God is your God. So people take offense on rubbish things. Say, so that man is very nice. He comes for weddings in his office. Mm. I'm not saying it's bad though. I go. My man staff at wedding, I go. In, my, in, in the hospital there, I go. But it's not a sign of you're a good boss. So. The sign of a good boss is Time to pay. Drop. Uh, please, I hope you are getting my point. It's very important. What is the sign of love between a boss and a worker and the boss? It's not, yes sir, yes sir, yes ma, in front. No. It is do that work as if, if this work does not prosper, I have failed my God. Listen, let me say this. Our relationships are important areas in which we manifest true godliness. And that's what Paul began to teach here. He took time out. And he went through different kinds of relationships. Let's look at them one by one. Let's start with the first one. In verse 18, Colossians chapter 3. This is love. This is how God put the order there. Wives, he said, submit to your husbands, as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, Love your wives and never treat them harshly. Simple, straightforward instructions. He went ahead to children. He said, always obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Then they turned around the other direction. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Verse 22, he says, slaves, 
Obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Please let me look at that word slaves, okay? Let's get it. Sometimes we get out of the perspective. Those days, many of the workers we have today qualify for what they used to call slaves. Yes, let me get, okay, I'll give a very practical example. This is not a perfect example, it's very similar. But you see those guys who work in the market, you know, they are training boys after them. Yes, they qualify for what the Bible calls slaves. They are called bond servants. Are you getting my point? It's not perfect, it's something similar. I'm just trying to explain, you know. They take the guy as he's young, train him, do everything. Then one day, he becomes free and he's on his own. But until that time, he's a servant to that man. So that's a very good example. Many of us don't realize it. <laughs> we think we are free. We're actually slaves to federal government, slaves to state government. Yeah, really. That's why when you're hoping for a pension, you're just a guaranteed slave. You, are you getting my point? Yeah, you can laugh about it, but this is a fact. You want freedom? <laughs> better start praying. <laughs> the Lord is good. Uh-huh. So let's get that slave thing. It's not, it's not this, it's not the kind of a black, a white man, still black man of those days, and then he hide, you no, know, they beat him with whip. No, that's slightly different, okay? Okay. It says, slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Verse 22. Walk willingly at whatever you do. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward. And that the master who you are serving actually is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done. For God has no favorites. Whether you are a Christian or not is irrelevant. Are you getting my point? It now says, next line. Masters, be just and fair to your slaves. Remember that you also have a master in heaven. We'll come to the matter of prayer later. So let's go to the book of Ephesians now, quickly, and read the Ephesians part. In the book of Ephesians, it's detailed better, so I am going to, um, I'm going to have us read more on that area. Ephesians chapter 5. Paul was speaking. He said, from verse 22, Okay, well, let's start from 21. Further, he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. He said, for wives, this submitting to one another means submit to your husband, your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love for your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Remember, the wife, the body of Christ, all right? That's the way it is. As they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. And let me just add something Paul did not say, but he implied. And a man who does not love his wife, he does not love himself. And a man who hates his wife decreases entirely. All right. <laughs> yeah, if a man hates himself, what do you think? 
is out of his mind. Are you getting my point? No, look at verse 29. No one hates his own body. No normal person. Are you getting my point? But feeds and cares for it. Just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. This, he says, is a great mystery. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself. And Christ and, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, because we are watching our time, I'm going to stop there. You know, in Colossians it was short. Everything was in just one small paragraph. But in Ephesians, which is why I read it last, okay, is in parts. So we are going to take them one by one. Let's start with the wife and husband thing. Then we'll, we'll finish that. Then when we come back next time, we'll do the children, parents, slave, master, and then we'll go into the prayer, and then that's the conclusion. Maybe we'll do, do two more sessions and we'll be done. So let's really talk about this briefly. One thing you will find here, like I said, our relationships is one criti- critical area where we manifest what true Christianity is. Are, and we are involved in different relationships all the time. I'm a university teacher. There's a relationship between um, a lecturer and the students. All right? There's a relationship between husband and wife, children and parents, boss and workers. So we're taking this one first, the one of um, husband and wife. Especially since Paul was quite um, explicit and all right, quite deep in his analysis for the Ephesians. And it's about the most detailed analysis in a particular area concerning marriage in the whole Bible. All right, in this kind of thing. I just want to emphasize first, he says, wives be subject to your own husbands. Now let me just point out something here. I need to quickly point this one out, even though we have not read it. Jump down to verse 1 of chapter 6. What did he say there? All right, good. I just wanted that, that first line. Children, obey your parents. Go back to verse 22 of chapter 5. What did he say? All right. Wives, submit to your husbands. Notice something. It's very clear. He did not say, wives, obey your husbands. That was what he said to children. <laughs> Have you ever noticed it? Why is the question you will ask? Obedience and submission are two different things. Obedience is easy. Submission is hard. Obedience is don't do this. I will not do it, stupid man. Did you see that? This is obedience. Don't do it as a husband I have spoken. Wife answers, I will not do it. Obedience. Deep inside her heart, she says, stupid man. She has obeyed, but she has not submitted. And when you are dealing with adults, God understands something. Let's take our modern day setting. Probably married when you were in your 20s. The man is usually a little older. Generally speaking, it doesn't have to be like that. But generally, you've had different experiences, different backgrounds. And then two adults are supposed to now live 
not only in the same house, they're supposed to live in the same bed and eat from the same plate, like my friend and his wife does, and my wife loves, but I just don't understand why a man needs to do that. <laughs> That's one thing that my wife loves. I don't know. I don't even think about it. I don't mean you have, is it shaffing dishes, you women call it, what do you call those seven dishes? Those dishes you have, you don't have to be spooning. No, I mean, if you're spooning food, it goes into one plate, and they both dip their cutleries or their hands into the same plate. That's how my friend eats. All right? And my wife thinks it's ex- exceedingly romantic. <laughs> so you have two adults, they come together. All right? After, with 20 years' experience, from different angles, trained by different parents, probably went to different churches, and then they are supposed to now walk together. The two spiritually have become one flesh, and God says, work out your own salvation. That is, make sure that that one fleshness becomes real. Ha! Listen, that is why God did not command obedience. Because obedience does not mean you have changed your mind. You tell children, don't watch my children, that's it. You don't watch um, TV during the week when there's school the next day. And even when there's no school the next day, you don't watch TV beyond a particular point. All right? By this point, you must have gone to bed and all of that. They, will all, they agree with you. They obey you. My children, thank God for them. I have good kids. They will obey you. But wait till they go and stay with their grandparents. All your rules are left in your house. When they get there, the the rules of the grandparents are better. Those ones, there's no law on when you start TV and when you finish television. Just don't break the TV. (laughs) You are getting my point. When my little boy was a, when he was very small, those days, you just get to say, I want to go and stay with my grandmother, like as we travel to Benin. So one of those days, that was common, in the night, he's going to sleep with his grandmother. So he was going there, I said, Akinle, when you get there, he was small, he didn't want him to bed wet and all of that. He said, no tea, no, no, he said, no juice, no coke. We can't tell all those things that you should drink. I said, none. Do you understand? He said, yes. So you go, because you will, you will stay. All right, with my grandparents, with his grandparents in their room and be watching TV until he falls asleep, you know. They were very fond of him, all right. So, that evening he got there. A typical of my mother-in-law. Do you want a Coke? Do you want a Coke? He said, no, my, father, my daddy said I shouldn't drink a Coke. Do you want Fanta? No. Do you want juice? No. Do you want this? No. Then finally he said, do you want tea? He said, ah, he didn't mention tea. <laughs> Are you getting my point? That is obedience. He said no coke. He's not taking a coke. But you did not mention tea. And he thought. He thought for a while. He said no, grandma. He didn't mention tea. Let me have the tea. <laughs> so the guy sat down there. Are you getting my point? And enjoyed himself. That is what is called what? Obedience. Submission, no, is different. Submission, you understand. That is about taking in uh, liquids at this time of the night. So even though tea was not mentioned, you already know. Submission, 
is only discussed when there's a clash of wheels. One wheel stepping down for another person's wheel. Are you getting my point? Therefore, submission is a process of life, whereas obedience can be counted one instant after the other. The mistake we all, a lot of times make in this husband-wife relationship is that we want to sit on obedience and we don't understand submission. Now, another thing I should quickly say, you will notice the commandment went first to the woman. Be subject or submit yourself to your husband. And then, number two, there was no commandment to the man that said, subdue your wives. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Submission is voluntary, is deliberate. It cannot be enforced. God didn't allow the men to do that. Therefore, some of the ways you want to do, including physical abuse, to have your will, okay, done on the house, is not accepted by the Lord. There's only one commandment he gave the man. And what was that commandment? Love. Which means, if, now this is very bad, what I'm about to say. But that's the way it is. If the woman refuses to submit, there is nothing you can do about it. It's sad. It's frightening. That was why Peter said, it is better not to marry. Yeah, because there's nothing. You're stuck with a stubborn Jezebel who gave her life to Christ so you can't divorce her. You're not going anywhere. You'll be unhappy all the days of your life. It's your cross. You must carry it. There's no escape. Let nobody deceive you that you can divorce your wife. You can't. You cannot. No matter how quarrelsome she is, you're stuck. That was why Peter called John. Say, she, we are in. But you, small boy, don't, it's better not to marry you. Yeah, it's in the Bible like that. Like I said, it's not a marriage seminar. We can't go into details about this. But these are the basic things I want us to understand. One, the commandment was first to the woman. Submit. That tells you that is the fundamental key to happiness in the house. Yeah, now she got the first commandment. When Peter spoke about it, Peter gave her the first commandment. When Paul spoke about it twice, the first commandment always went to her. Which tells you the key to joy and happiness and unity in the house is the woman. It's not a marriage seminar, so I can't, I'm going to just stop talking about it now, all right? Because I want us to close. And listen, she has to activate, oh, my Father God. Christianity is a work of faith. Believe me, I have to, you know, we plan to do a seminar on it. You know, why I want to do a seminar on it is this. Women have not been taught how to submit. They've been taught to obey. Which is unfortunate, they don't have that commandment. They've been taught to behave like children, so it is difficult so the guy says anything, I'm just supposed to just mugushly obey. They try. Give it to them. They try. But that's not their commandment. That's the commandment for their children. The commandment submit has to do with the process of adapting yourself to somebody. If you teach it properly, it's better. It's actually easier. And God supplies grace because he commanded that. Men generally, now, if I say this, you surprise a lot of people. Please, not because I'm a man, it's because I'm a preacher of the word of God, and I don't this to be true. Men generally, generally, they are better at loving their wives 
than the wives are, at, are submitting to their husbands. Now, this is the reason. Not because of personality flaws or anything, but because they are not taught. The women are hardly taught. Because teachers don't, preachers don't even know it. But the men are always harassed on how to love your wife, how to pamper your wife, how to sweeten your wife, how to kiss your wife, how to do your wife, how to take your wife out, how to buy her sugar, how to buy her flour, how to do this. If you don't do this, so you forget her birthday. They harass us morning till night. They only want to turn to the women, they teach her a lie. So the Bible says you should obey your husbands like that. No, the Bible says you should submit. They are hardly ever taught to submit. Submission is a process. It's, submission is you try, first, you have to, oh God, without faith you cannot submit. An unbelieving woman will find it hard to submit. So in places where the faith of Christ is not taught, the women are subdued. That is the human substitute for submission. So, you wear, you cover your face from top to bottom. You don't go out without a male escort like you find in Saudi Arabia. That's called subduing them. The Bible didn't say you should subdue women. You don't subjugate them. But turn to the women and say, submit yourselves. I hope you are getting my point. Which means you would deliberately say, this is my husband. I can't talk to him like that. It's a personal action. The job of the man is to sit down and explain it to the woman. That this is, that this, you understood it, teach it. And listen to me, it is extremely difficult for a man to love a woman that's not submissive to him. I'm not here to make excuses for bad behavior, but I want to explain something. That's why it's been so easy for men to fall for women they work with in offices. Why? Let me give an example. No woman in my office talks rudely to me. Not one. They don't have the capacity. Because of the level I am in my office. Nobody does it. Yesterday when I got to work, I was so surprised. There's one lady, one of the lower cadre staff in the office. She just came out, stretched her hand for my bag, and she had my key in her hand. So I said, ah, like, are you a spirit? How did you know I was coming? She said, our corridor is very long. And you know when you are coming in, a long corridor, you are coming from the sun, you take, you take a while to accommodate. He said, as soon as I came, entered the corridor, she saw me from a distance, knew I had arrived, and that she was going out. She retraced her steps, walked back to the general office, asked the secretary for my key, that one handed to her, and she came out, waited for me. As I reached where she was, she stretched her hand for my bag, and my key was in her right hand. Are you getting my point? You know what they call honor and respect? And what did she do? She just opened my door, Went in, put on the light, dropped my bag on the table, put on the AC, turned around, shut the door, and walked away. Are you getting my point? If I stand in my office and say, oh, I'm hungry, at least two women will say, what do you want to eat? They are ready to go and get it. All I need to do is produce the money. Now, one of my friends says something to your daddy, one of my junior colleagues says in the office, he said in Calabar, now, this is not supposed to make anybody feel good or bad. That men from the East, that's Igbo land, they used to say that Calabar women use juju to collect their men. Have you heard that thing before? Yes, yes. He used to live in Calabar. He said, chief, it's a lie. He said, wait till the Calabar woman takes care of you. <laughs> he said, when she does, you go marry him. <laughs> And this was what he said. So I was talking to one of, my, of our brothers who's from Calabar. He says, I've seen it before. They've seen a woman. This is either a judge. No. 
a high-ranking worker, that a bank manager, a bank manager, yes, that he was there. Her husband came in. The woman knelt beside him, removed his shoes, brought water, and washed his feet. In 2015, 2016. Bros, they do that for you, go marry. <laughs> you go marry. I'm telling you. looking for joy in the house. The husband is talking, they are doing like this. They will collect your husband. <laughs> Thank God for godly men. Like I said, I'm not giving anybody excuses. I'm just trying to explain some principles of life. Unfortunately, the world tries to make it look like whatever a man can do, a woman can do. But the Bible says, when you find a husband, you submit yourself to him. What does it mean? That is, there's something my wife does. I'll give you as an example. My wife wants to travel. The last thing she waits for is for me to give the journey a word of blessing. Maybe she wants to go and buy some things in nature. She's rushing out early in the morning. And maybe I, I'm, I'm waking up very late. And like, oh, I'm always reluctant for her to go. So I, I say, I say, oh, barely me, talk now. And I say, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'll just, from my half-sleepy state, I'll just raise my hand. She'll just bend the, head, bend the head. I say, it will be well with you. You will have favor. You will go in peace. You will return in peace. She say, amen, and run. If I don't want to go, I won't say anything. The girl will stay there. Say, oh, talk now. If I, once I don't talk, it's a deliberate thing. She said, she look, this girl, not typical rubo babe. So don't you say that so they're born now. Rubo girls are man-eaters. Yes, let's call a spade a spade. And she was exactly like that. If I let me tell you the truth, when I, one, one brother told me later, that brother was telling me about that calabar woman he saw, said the day, he told me years later, said the day I heard that you engaged to sister for myself, I said, I pray for you. I knew you were in trouble. <laughs> I knew this pastor. Ah, He said, I started praying. Father, help him. I said, what happened? He said, I knew your wife on campus. He said, I've seen her handle brothers. You know those kind of things? You lift him up, his head will be hanging. He said, if you come near here again. <laughs> they now said, Pastor Banky is getting married. Who? Ah! And the brother loves me very much. Now I said, Omo, wahala day. Now I begin prayer. But why did he give you a testimony? Because one day, she saw my wife, wanted to do something. Just carry a bag into the hotel room at our convention. And he told the person, wait, let me ask my husband. And he happened to be with me. So my wife came. I said, please, can I take this bag in? I know, you know, there's something about it. I said, ah, I checked it. And I said, all right, fine. Convention is over. You can do that. I said, but maybe I'm a bit um, tired. Because normally, I'll be the one to go and carry the bag. So this submission is not, it's not I'm a big man. No. If she wants that bag, I have to go and carry it. And she, but she didn't come for me to carry it. She wanted the permission to take it in. And I said, oh, don't worry. Sonny will carry it. Sonny was one of our brothers. So next thing I saw, Sonny was carrying a bag from her car, our car into the hotel premises, you know? That was when the brother now came to me later. He said when he saw that, he tapped somebody else and said, see submission. So he now called me later and said, Oga, God answered our prayers. <laughs> <laughs> now, why am I saying that? It was deliberate. So submission is something, I, I, let's close because of time. But you see, Peter said that, if you read the Amplified Bible, First Peter chapter 3, Peter said, 
you, you deliberately adapt yourself to your husbands. Obedience is easy for a submissive soul. And actually, submissive souls hardly need instructions. I don't know what I get the point. They hardly need it. They, just, they have been, they've been blended. The soul is blended. So, what he wants, I want. What he thinks, I'm thinking. And listen, one of the ways a man... This is not a marriage seminar, right? Let's stop. No, but... <laughs> one of the ways a man does that, okay? You have to... I don't mean communicate, this is the way you hurt me. And no, that's what I mean. You have to communicate well. Are you getting my point? You have to teach. Do you follow my point? Yes. First, a woman must do it by faith. You must from the beginning. That's why as a wife, as a Christian wife, if you are not a praying woman, <laughs> you are a dying woman. Yes. Go and buy this book, The Power of a Praying Wife, by Stormy uh, Omachian. How do you pronounce her name? That's a very, very good book. That's her best book. She has other ones, Power of Praying, this praying, praying that, all those ones are the ones that came out of the Power of a Praying Wife. The Power of a Praying Wife is the one you should listen to, you should read. Because without it, my, my sisters, life harder. Because if your husband's head is locked in the wrong direction, <laughs> you need God to remove the screws, oil it, and you get to my point, <laughs> rearrange it. You can't nag him into changing his mind. In case you do not know, men are designed to resist nagging. The more you say, the less he's willing to do it. That's man, men design. You nag them, they become obstinate. The more you say it, the more they are. That is, the, you know, say, if other people ask you now, you will do it. You don't get the point. Yes, he will. Why? They don't have the capacity to nag him. They ask once, they keep quiet. They don't, have any, they don't have any sense of, you know, you must do it for me. After all, you love me. So they ask nicely. The man says, no, they calm down. So they soften. But you say that I've been asking you for five days. The man says, I've been refusing, and I've been refusing for six days. The more you ask, the more he's not going to do. It's not a marriage seminar. You know, I just that <laughs> the Lord is good. We're just supposed to just glean over that, okay? I think let me stop it there, okay? I will try not to come back to it so that we can go to other things. So that's the way it is. What husbands are commanded to do is to love their wives. And what is, like, what is uh, love? Remember, love of a wife for a husband is submission. What is the love of a husband for the wife? It's just like Christ loved the church and gave. Can you see there? He gave. He gave himself up for her. He makes sacrifices for his wife. He does. Her good is always in front of his mind. She's not a tool, the way Africans try to make it. She was married to come and bear children. No. She's a full-fledged child of God with a destiny that you're supposed to help manifest. Are you getting my point here? She was not giving, you didn't marry her so she can come and complete your furniture. You've bought television, praise God. You have bought a chair. You've bought a bed. You've even built a house. And your mother comes in the home movie. And say, can I, oh, can I, <laughs> there is something that's still missing in this house. And I'm going to marry one small girl, put her inside the house, no rights, no privileges, just bear children and shut up. That's not a Christian marriage. It's not. You treat a woman as we believers, 
as a, we don't have time to read it. Paul explained that she's an equal heir of Christ. You defend her before your people. Your mother wants to talk to your wife, she talks to you. You know they don't get along, you stand in between the two of them. Never accuse her of anything. If she does anything wrong to her, you bear the brunt. Your wife, that is, you, 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 if you have to, you make that rule. Mama, don't talk to my wife again. Talk to me. If she offends you, you talk to me. That's what it means to give himself up for her. If they have family meeting, she doesn't sit on one side. You sit on the side of your father and your mother. And you want to be happy. Why do you think your business is having problems? Go and read the Bible well now. That's why your business won't do well. You have variance in your home. They're having family meeting. You're on the side of your parents. Why your wife is on the side of her people? And you think you will go far in life? Honestly, you, your problems have just commenced. If there was a meeting, she sits on your side. Even when you are quarreling. I remember one, uh, one, one cartoon they sent around. They show a man and his wife angry with each other. They are not talking to each other. But it was raining. So he faced away, carried the umbrella, covered his wife, and was not talking to her. That's love. I'm not going to talk to you, but nobody hurts you, even though I'm not talking to you. That's what, that's what it means to love your wife. Once I was somewhere, me and a, a brother were sitting down, and his wife was looking for where to sit. I'd, I'd have gotten up for her to sit down. When I realized that it's not my wife, for goodness sake, it's his wife, and I was looking at him like this. And it was raining. We squeezed under a canopy. And his wife was fidgeting, trying to find where to sit. Went for a function. I had, listen, I had risen up from my seat halfway. When I done on me, for goodness sake, this is not my wife. This is her husband. So I sat down there. And I was looking at him. I mind like, what is up with this guy? Anyway, I love my wife very much. If she's the one, she won't do it. She'll just come. My husband, where will I sit? <laughs> that is, without saying anything, she would like, she knows that this guy is getting up from that seat. I can't be here trying to see what's happen. If he bad, if he bad, 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 then she will just sit square on my laps. Let's, let's all sit down here. The two shall become one flesh. Let's sit down on this chair. That's what they call loving your wife. Are you getting my point? That day I was so embarrassed. I, I was uncomfortable. The woman was looking for Anna. Like, what's the problem? She was like, I'm trying to find. <gasps> and I'm sitting with your husband. Let's leave it there. I hope you're getting my point here. Yes, sir. So Paul said, this is a manifestation of Christianity. The relationship between a husband and a wife. Next time we'll take off from that point and go to another one. All right? The Lord is good. Because of time, let's just bow down our heads and give the Lord things. Let's, let's, let's rise to our feet. Let's just close. Let's just close. Let's say, Father, thank you. Thank you for truth. Thank you for truth. Thank you for your truth. Say, Lord, thank you for your truth. Say, Lord, thank you for your truth. Just declare again, say, in the name of Jesus. I am walking in manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Say one more time, in the name of Jesus. I am being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing the knowledge of God. 
Say the word of God is forming me. Is shaping me. Making me exactly like the Lord Jesus. Say the word of God is giving me direction. It is healing me in every area. It's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. Say it again. I have been set free. Free from every bondage. Free from every attack. Free from every work of the devil. I have been set free from sin. I have been set free to walk in righteousness. I walk in righteousness. I walk in holiness. And I please the Lord. Father, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed.